1: Welcome to the Perfume Room. I've got a little bit more pep in my step today because I am recording this intro on a very special occasion. Today is March 21st, and it is indeed fragrance day. Fragrance lovers, this is our Christmas. This is our birthright, our Hanukkah, our Halloween, whatever, this is the day where the world says, we see you. You will be listening to this probably on March 22nd. I hope you lived your best life yesterday, but I've got great news for you. It is also Fragrance Week, so if you didn't catch Fragrance Day yesterday, guess what? You got a week to celebrate. Try a new brand. Buy a new bottle. Buy 10. Layer your perfumes. Wear a fragrance you hate. Wear a fragrance you love. You can do whatever you want. Now, as we are celebrating this momentous occasion, I want to shout out a fragrance that has been top of mind all weekend, okay? And that is Kirin Peer NY of this fragrance is Jérôme Epinette, And I am convinced that he took a bell jar and just bottled the exact smell of the East River and recreated it because it is the most transportive photorealistic scent in my collection. Okay. I have a very strong memory and tie to the East River because I've always been an East sider. I love running on the East River, which if we're being realistic is really just like walking at a pretty, I don't know, fast pace. Like I'm doing like a 12 minute mile, but I like to call it running because I... I add a little bounce in my step. I digress. The point of all this is to say that this smells exactly like the East River, okay? It's got that weird saltiness that you're like, this is a river, it's fresh water, but why does it smell salty? And then it's got that sort of like ozonic, like aromatic feeling of like warm sun with like a bit of something industrial that you're like, something's in this river that shouldn't be there. And I smell FDR Drive right next to me, but it all mixes and you get this like sage, salty, figgy goodness. And when I tell you that if you know what the East River smells like and you like it, which I happen to love, you got to get Pier New York. Trust me. It is the same smell. It's wild. I also just want to say on a side note, this weekend, I went to Roosevelt Island, a bit of a weird place. I have some mixed feelings about it. The history is shady, but that air tram is one of the best cheap thrills of New York, okay? If you are a New Yorker listening to this, we need to reevaluate how we are using our public transportation dollars. Because 275 can get you, I don't know, a ride on the subway, right? But it can also get you access to a ferry that has food and drinks on board. It can also get you access to a freaking sky rail. I mean, if you haven't been to Roosevelt Island, go, just so you can take that sky rail. Wow, okay, should I run for Congress? Thank you so much. Some other exciting life updates besides the fact that I did indeed ride the Skyrail this weekend. I also ordered and received and built, just kidding, Felipe built them, but installed some perfume shelves because my dresser storage was just getting too cluttered and it wasn't even enjoyable anymore because I felt like my perfumes were so shoved together, I couldn't even really experience or like take them in individually for the beautiful treasures that each of them are. So I built these shelves. And the perfumes are now ordered by category. I've got a gourmand row. I've got a smoky leathery row. I've got a woody row. I've got a springy row. It's very fun. And I also just kind of feel like it transformed my bedroom into feeling like a cluttered, chaotic perfume mess to this almost like museum type feel. Like I feel like you walk into my bedroom and it's just like you want to be a part of the experience. You know what I'm saying? I got my shelves from Wayfair. I think they were like $75. If you want the link, you know, just slide in those DMs. Before we get to our guest, let me tell you the top five fragrances that I sniffed this week. The first one we got to talk about because it is a very exciting new launch is Dia Sandurga's Bistro Waters. If you saw my Instagram story a few weeks ago, I said, savory gourmands are where it's at for 2022. And oh my goodness, now I have a green bell pepper fragrance in my hands. So the notes listed on the site are lime flower water, coriander seed, pear, mandarin, bell pepper, pea flower, basil, nutmeg, and moss water. Both of these things are true. One, I absolutely adore, love this fragrance. And two, it does not smell as vegetal bell peppery as I had hoped or imagined. If you have smelled Boy Smells Tantrum, for example, that is truly like a vegetal greenhouse, tomato leaf, bell pepper, stemmy type of fragrance. And so I think when I saw that this was a bell pepper fragrance, I was assuming it would be something along those lines. Now, this one still smells like a very green savory fragrance, but I wouldn't quite say it's got that greenhouse feel. It's incredibly mossy. I definitely smell that basil quality. I smell the lime notes. I smell the coriander and I smell something that feels almost like galbanum in here. Like it's, it is green. It's just not greenhouse. Now what this actually reminds me of is the marketing concept behind Fleur's Missing Person. To me, this smells like the t-shirt that your lover left behind. It is exactly that aura. It's sexy, it's musky, it's mossy, and it's got these notes that you just like can't quite, nothing about it is sharp, but everything about it is strong. And what I will say is that my boyfriend, whose taste veers towards traditional aromatics, fougeres, sort of fresh aquatics, you know, he has like a very like um, nice traditional taste in colognes, I would say. And he is obsessed with bistro waters. It's everything he's ever wanted in a scent to the point that I'm actually kind of annoyed because this was my first full bottle I've ever had of a Dia Sandurga fragrance. And he has already claimed it as his own. Um, so I will just have to wait. Okay, until I, I get the next scent. That was a little bit long, but I hope that clarifies. Let's go on to the other four. We got to talk about my energy tobacco. Oh my God, I love this scent. I am always on the hunt for an amazing, realistic cinnamon tonka, okay? Oftentimes I find whether it might be because of the coumarin molecule or whatever it is, Tonka sometimes just smells synthetically sweet in some of the fragrances I've smelled. And this is such a photorealistic, raw ingredient type smell of Tonka. It's got that grainy, spicy feel that's like slightly sweet, feels like an old like cedar chest. It's just absolutely stunning. And the best way that I could describe tobacco, if you want to, you know, compare it in relation to other fragrances, is if you took that like, Grainy, spicy feel of angel share and removed that really like heavy gourmand aspect of it. It's like a very unsweetened version of angel share and it is an absolute stunner. Next up, I did receive the two other Fleur launches, Floria and Lost Cause. And that is how I found my favorite of the three, which is Lost Cause. This is the fresh musky freesia scent that I have been yearning for. It feels super nostalgic to a lot of the like body splashes and sprays that I loved in the 90s and 2000s in a very refined and somehow like cozy way. It is a fresh, musky freesia, very wearable. You could dress it up or down. And I have to say, it bears a striking resemblance to Oribe Cote d'Azur. Now, I have both in my collection, so I smelled them side by side. And I have to say, I do prefer Lost Cause over Cote d'Azur because I feel like it's a slightly sweeter, more warm, enveloping version of what I love about Cote d'Azur. And I mean, maybe it's because of the Orris note, you know when I saw that Orris note I was sold, but it definitely delivers and I'm loving it. And the last two fragrances I wanna talk about are from Henry Rose, baby. That is Michelle Pfeiffer's brand and it is a very sustainable, vegan, cruelty-free, green brand. So I've been very curious to try their fragrances. I got the discovery kit And the two standouts to me were Jake's House because it's a musky honeyed narrowly. Like that has my name on it. I absolutely love it. I love a sweet syrupy narrowly and this is it. It's just stunning, okay? And then the other one that I was very surprised that it just made its way to the top very quickly was Smith, which is this amazing, soft, dewy apple note it kind of gives I Am Trash from Libre, but better. It sort of feels like a mix between the Labo Amber 9 and I Am Trash, actually, if I had to like boil it down. I also have been using this Garnier Fructis apple-scented shampoo that I just like love and sometimes just walk into the bathroom in the middle of the day and sniff. And when I smelled this, I was like, yep, that's who you remind me of. And I have been saying for a long time, you know, internally, if only I had a scent that smelled like this Garnier Fructis shampoo. And this is a shampooy scent in the best way possible. Sometimes you get a shampoo scent and you're like, I don't want to smell like shampoo, but I do think you'd want to smell like this shampoo. It's absolutely stunning and very light and easy to wear. If you're listening to my best of, let's get to our En Coyab guest today. We are joined by Fumi Monet, licensed therapist by day, perfume creator by night. Okay. And I say perfume creator in every sense of the word. She is a fragrance content creator, but she also created a perfume Exalté. If you haven't tried it, you must. It is a rose, vanilla, amber, white floral scent that is just absolutely signature scent quality. It is a social media darling and I totally see why. It's just so easy to wear, so pleasant, so beautiful. And it feels like something you could easily wear with like, you know, a little black dress on a date night, but also just in like a casual like white t-shirt, like very versatile, which is exactly what Fumi set out to do with this fragrance and yeah, she did it. If you are a fragrance content creator, you gotta listen to this episode. Fumi goes into details about everything from figuring out what your rate is to how to work with brands to different types of content and what they cost. It's Such great insight into how to make a career out of being a content creator. And of course, we talk about all things Exalté, the story of how it was created, the inspiration for the scent, the process, plans for the future. And Fumi shares her perfume guide to first dates, second dates, and third dates. Spoiler alert, she recommends different types of scents for each date. Here is Fumi. Fumi, welcome to the perfume room. I am so excited to have you today. Thank you so much, Emma. I
0: am super excited to be here. And when you messaged me to join your conversation, I was just thinking, okay, I'm in amazing company.
1: I'm such a fan of yours on TikTok, such a fan of Exalte. I can't wait to talk about it with you. Before we get there, I always start the show with the following question. What are you currently wearing?
0: Okay, so my fragrance of the day is actually um, Mercurial Cashmere, and it's by the brand Electimus. Um, I've I bought it like last year, right around New Year. I bought it New Year's Eve. I remember I bought it New Year's Eve because I thought, you know what, New Year, new fragrance. Mm-hmm. I wanted something to you know something new to wear to go out, and uh, I've honestly just been wearing it nonstop since then. It's it's so beautiful.
1: It's such a stunning fragrance. I think I tried that. Um, I I did the scent explore event, which I feel like was in like September of 2021, and it was one of the ones they mm-hmm. sent. And I, it was like the biggest standout to me of all the samples. It's just so lovely. I've also seen you've talked about it on TikTok a lot, and I'm curious: Have you seen or heard from brands like when you post a video that their sales go wild or they sell out?
0: Um, yeah, that's happened a few times, actually. Uh, most recently with Dior, uh, specifically, I did a video on Oud Ispahan. Mm-hmm. I was out with some friends one night and this girl walked by and she smelled incredible. So she she walked by and then she was walking by again, I think, from the bathroom. And I was like, hey, um, by the way, you know, what perfume are you wearing? You smell incredible. And then she said, I'm wearing Oud something from Dior. And I was like, Oud Ispahan, because I was already familiar with mm-hmm. the name of the perfume. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, this smells so good. So that same night I got home, I ordered it. It got to me in like a few days. I reviewed it on TikTok and it did really, really well on TikTok. But then a couple of weeks later, I got an email from Dior and they were like, hey, our team loved that video that you posted. Oh my <laughs> they said God. they got so much traffic on that specific fragrance after I'd reviewed it. And so... um, I ended up working with Dior after that, which was really cool.
1: That's amazing. You know what? As you're saying that, I am remembering when you posted that video because I had a similar experience where I was in a bar. I smelled this girl. It was unparalleled, like best smell I've ever smelled, which kind of like set me off on this whole journey. Except when I asked her what she was wearing, she just kind of like laughed awkwardly and walked away and kind of gatekept it from me. Yeah. This was back, this was oh. in 2019 of December. I never forgot yeah. it. And then I saw your video and I was like, okay, if this got Fumi to stop in her tracks, this might be the fragrance. And I still have not smelled it.
0: Now I will tell you this. It's not for everyone. <laughs> it's not for everyone. Like if you've never smelled, if you're not familiar with oud at all, or you don't even like mm-hmm. oud, this is not the oud. It's to, not the oud. Because it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's it's very, very much inspired by like, you know, the um, typical like Middle Eastern uh, rose and oud combinations mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's not like super sweet. Um, the oud is a little bit leaning more towards like the animalic side. Okay. Um, but it's it's so beautifully balanced with like rose and saffron mm-hmm. and it just smells so luxurious yeah. to me. And I feel just like the richest chick in the room when I have it on. So um, I've had a lot of mixed reactions from people that have ran out to purchase it. And I'm like, listen, now, no word did I say purchase this blindly. <laughs> like I didn't say that. I smelled it on someone first. But um, it's it's gorgeous. And it was really cool. Like um, how many other people that did purchase it really loved it. Like I had a lot of people tag me after that. They were like, oh, my God, I bought this and it's it's the shit. And I was like,
1: yeah, yeah, You're like I know. the Girls, I get
0: it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. don't.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and with that said, would you say you have a signature scent?
0: You know what? I would say that I've had different signature scents for different times of my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say throughout my 20s, my signature scent was Flower Bomb
1: flower
0: bomb okay and for that reason alone i will never get rid of it like yeah. i always have a bottle of flower bomb i actually have like four bottles of flower bomb in my collection you got right it. now. <laughs> my friends are always gifting it to me like for my birthday because they're like oh we know you like it and i was like i mean thanks it's one more bottle for my collection yeah um But yeah, like I have, I would say different signature scents for different times of my life. You know, like at one time, Flower Bomb was the most expensive fragrance I owned. You know, that was the classiest fragrance I could think of. So when I was graduating college, you know, like that was the fragrance I purchased to, you know, where to work and, you know, for job interviews and things like that. Um, Then I think after grad school, it was like right after I, like after I graduated from grad school, like I I discovered the world of Baccarat, you know, Mm -hmm. and I became a Baccarat girl. And uh, for that reason as well, I have a very sentimental tie to Baccarat. Um, so I have three bottles in my collection right now.
1: I love it. Like, I love it. I feel like you were early but, on the Baccarat trade.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting because when I started wearing it, I lived in Oklahoma and there was nowhere to try it. There was nowhere to, I'd never smelled it on anyone. I just, I'd seen it online and I said, you know, that looks really interesting Mm-hmm. And so I got a bottle, and then I ended up working with a store who sent me a bottle as well. Like I had a um, uh, a partnership, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Dang, like maybe this is a sign." Like Baccarat is my signature scent, sign. mm-hmm. so I've been wearing it for years, and I, I love it. And I know it gets a lot of flack online mm-hmm. for being overdone, but listen, honey, I'm from Oklahoma, and when I wore it, nobody it's sm- nobody had smelled it. So, do you have a fragrance
1: hot take?
0: Ooh, a fragrance hot take, as in like something controversial or?
1: Yeah, anything that's controversial to uh, fellow fragrance lovers and the fragrance community about fragrance?
0: I will say this. My fragrance hot take is something I've been saying for a long time. Let's normalize reapplying perfume. Okay. Like, I think the number one question I get on my videos is, is it long lasting? Mm -hmm. Which I get. Like, I understand why people want their fragrance to be long lasting. Right. Um, However, to be honest, sometimes fragrances are just not long lasting. And... A lot of times, fragrances that might be super long-lasting might also be super strong, which you know people don't really want. Like, I think I made a joke, I made a video joke once saying that people want like a soft fragrance that's also long-lasting. I'm like, it's not gonna happen. Right. I'm sorry, you, you can't have, have both. Like, yeah, right. You know, like if it's soft, you're gonna have, to have you're gonna have to reapply it, and let's re- let's normalize that. Let's yeah. make it an okay thing to spritz it on and then respritz at lunch. You know, right. The respritz before we leave the office, you know, a spritz or two. It's a nice little refresher. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's really interesting because I, I find it difficult sometimes to make, sug- like really rack my mind to make a suggestion regarding uh, a fragrance that's like, oh, it's soft, but it's also long lasting. Right. Um, I think another thing too is that like within the fragrance community, like it's very, very trendy to like to diss fragrances, right? Like, to, mm-hmm. like, to be, te- you know, like, it's like men with their football teams, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you have your football team. Like, I live in Dallas, so the Cowboys have been horrible the last few seasons, right. like, just horrible. But, like, you know, people that are Cowboys fans are diehard Cowboys fans, exactly. regardless, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I realized, like, it's the same thing with fragrance, like, truthfully, you know? And so I just, I, I kind of just didn't really like the idea, though, of going too hard, because I also realized fragrances are very personal to people. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been very like intentional regarding like if I'm talking about a fragrance to make sure, you know, I'm letting you know, yeah, hey, like this might be a popular scent, but it smelled like a can of feet on me. <laughs> and I always, you know, I'm always I'm letting you know, it smelled terrible on me. Now it's not to say it's a terrible fragrance, mm-hmm. but it smelled bad on me. Yeah. And so that way, you know, you understand like my own perspective going into it. Um, but I've I've found that like uh I I just have found that like when you when you sometimes people can go too far. That's my like really this is my hot take. I think also because of my experience as a therapist, people can really go too far with mm-hmm. like trying to make a viral vic viral content and calling mm-hmm. you know a fragrance tacky and then you know insinuating that someone who likes it would also be tacky. To me, it's just kind of going into the mean right. territory. It's just right. kind of
1: mean. Right. The other thing too behind every fragrance is that. There were so many people involved, like a a perfumer who was like, this is it. This is the masterpiece. And then it's so quick, like it's so easy Mm -hmm. for us to get on social media and be like, no, it's not it. You know, and so it's like it's it's an opinion. And also, like you said, it's like it's about your skin. Like, for example, Baccarat on me smells like burning tires. I have smelled it on other people. Mm -hmm. Life changingly good. Juliet has a gun on me. Smells like screechy plastic on other people peach sorbet. It's like it totally depends, you know?
0: Absolutely. And so for um I think that's kind of what's helped to kind of shape like uh how I approach content, mm-hmm. you know, like I try to be like very very uh, as humorous as possible regarding how I discuss fragrances I don't like. Right. But I just have never wanted to make content that um is mean. And uh because I think at the end of the day if I want fragrance to be fun for people, and to be um, Mm -hmm. something that you can experience and make personal for yourself
1: right well you have I mean I feel like you got on TikTok in the last year and have just grown exponentially I saw a video where you were talking about how you really started taking it seriously in January of 2021 what like what was that moment where you realized like oh this is taking off for me
0: um, you know what? It's interesting because I have a few friends that have done incredibly well on TikTok since they've been on TikTok since like 2019, 2000, like late 2019, throughout 2020, and just had just incredible growth, like exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends on there, um, she was like telling me how she'd grown by it. She's almost at like a million followers. Oh my you know, God. In like just a couple of years, so she was like, "Fumi, like you know, I, you know, your content is so good on Instagram. Like, I think you would do amazing on TikTok." And I was like, "I don't know. I just was like, is it a dancing app? Like, if it's a dog, da- you know, dancing and like stuff like that. I don't really. I, I, I wasn't really familiar with the app at that point. Right, right. But then I just started kind of uh, creating content, and eventually, you know what? Truthfully, I found a um, a style of content that really suited my personality. And I realized that it was a mixture of creating stuff that is approachable, like, you know, and uh, interactive and fun, mm-hmm. but also, like, educational, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I try to, you know, create a mix of that so that people can feel um, feel connected on my page. Like, it's a community, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: And do you find, I mean, I know occasionally I get, like, comments, like, you were talking about how people ask if things are long-lasting. What would you say is, like, the negative side of TikTok that you've experienced, if any?
0: Um, honestly speaking, I realize that a lot of times the audience that you think that you're talking to is not necessarily the audience that the For You page is pushing you to. And to mm-hmm. be fair, a lot of the people that are on the app are a younger crowd. Mm-hmm. So although I might want to do a video on my top five, you know, top five perfumes from Raja. Right. Or my top five fragrances from, like, you know, Francis Kirkjian or the Dior Privé line. Right. Like, I realized that, um, on the other hand, some people want to know which fragrance can I wear for prom. Right. You right. know, for sure. So I do my best to uh, include a variety of content on my page mm-hmm. because uh, my another philosophy I have is that, truthfully, you deserve to smell good at every price point. You I know? agree, yeah. Whether you can afford a $20 fragrance or a $200 fragrance. like. You deserve to smell good. So my job is not necessarily even to just say, okay, well, I like this, so you have to buy it, but to shed a light on brands that you might not have ever heard of, you know? Right. Uh, I review lots of fragrances I don't like, but I'm going to describe to you as best as I
1: can how it smells. And uh, if it's something that you like, then, you know, you should go for it. How do you tread that line? Like, if you are describing a fragrance that's not your personal taste, do you disclose that? Or are you, do you just sort of use more, like, neutral words?
0: Oh, I always try to discuss why I don't like mm-hmm. it. Um, and I'll explain, like, sometimes, like, this is just not my taste. Mm-hmm. For example, I am a certified gourmand girl. Like, I love, mm-hmm. you know, anything that smells sweet and edible and delicious. Mm-hmm. And I am slowly forcing myself out of that box, okay. you know. I cannot walk around smelling like a dessert every single day. Like, it's just not practical. And so uh, sometimes I'll review a fragrance. I'm like, like, for example, uh, Byredo had sent me some a fra- one of their, their, their most recent fragrance last fall. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? This is not my style. Like, this is not a fragrance I would personally wear. Right. But I described how it smells and like maybe, um, you know, it's the time of the year when you might wear it. Or I, you know, also recommended other fragrances that are similar to it. Mm-hmm. And lots of people in the comments were like, hey, like, this sounds like something I would mm-hmm. like. And I purchased it and I really like right. it. And so I, I try to just make a disclaimer. Like, this is why I don't like it, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Right. And I always say that, like, just because I don't like something does not mean it's bad. It just means it's not my
1: taste. 100%. Yeah, I mean, people have different palettes. Like, there are fragrances that are objectively good that other people are just not going to wear, so... Yeah, exactly. You want to find your own voice, and you want people to know, like, what your taste is, but at the same time, something can be objectively good, and you're never going to touch it.
0: Absolutely. It's black opium for me.
1: Is that... <laughs> I mean, it's a bestseller for a reason, but, like, I'm not reaching for it. Yeah. So, with that said. I can't wear I it. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I know. And I've they've sent me all their flankers, It smells terrible. Like, it
0: actually smells terrible on me. Like, it actually legitimate. Like, I had a friend that wore it. Yeah. And it always smelled so good on mm-hmm. her. So, I remember it was, like, I think I was, like, graduating from grad school at the time. Yeah. And so, she got me a bottle as a gift. She was like, oh, I know how you always love it when I have this on. So, I got you a bottle. Yeah. And I was like, wow, thank you. Like, it does always smell good yeah. on you. And I remember the first, I wore it three times. And I was like, yo, I'm not about to be embarrassing myself. <laughs> I'm embarrassing myself right now because I smell funky. Like, funky. this smells terrible on yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I was able to acknowledge that something smells really great on other people. And it doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for you. And that's okay. Yeah.
1: So when you have a fragrance, because I'm sure, I know you have a huge collection. I'm sure you're getting sent products every day. If you get sent something you don't like, are you keeping it for the collection or are you getting rid of it? Uh,
0: personally, I don't believe in in uh, keeping fragrances I don't wear, like I don't like, yeah. because uh, it just kind of seems like a waste of space for something I, I would rather wear. Right. So I actually keep a box of fragrances um, and every like quarter or so, like I'll go through them and I'll send out like a group text. Mm-hmm. To like my family or my friends or my coworkers, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Hey, I'll be in the office. I'm going to leave a box of fragrances. Take what you want." Or like, you know, my friends, um I'll just send like a like a picture. I'm like, if you want something, just like send me the, like send me like ten bucks. And I'll ship it to yeah. you. Yeah,
1: it's a gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean someone else won't. So yeah,
1: yeah. I've started. I mean, you know, it's like I never like to show up to someone's house empty-handed. But I've started instead of bringing mm-hmm. wine, just like bringing a perfume, and I'm like, so good to see oh, you. Yeah, they yeah love it. it's a great, it's a great gift. And I do giveaways. Yeah, too.
0: I, I try to do uh, pretty frequent giveaways uh, because once again, like just because I don't like it doesn't mean someone else won't. And uh, they seem to,
1: a hundred percent, they
0: seem to be well received.
1: So okay, so you are talking about, and of course I'm going to get to Exalte, but you were talking about your family and your friends and your coworkers getting fragrances. What were the smells of your childhood? What are your strongest scent memories?
0: You know it's interesting because uh for myself growing up, I remember my the women in my family like really only wore perfume for like special occasions. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, maybe you're going to like a wedding or you're going to church or you're going to like, you know, a graduation, or, like an event. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a special occasion kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I just remember heavy florals. Elizabeth Taylor, white yeah, diamonds, right. you know. Um I stay a lot of pleasures. Like, those are the fragrances. And then my mom was sold Avon when I was growing up. So various Avon perfumes as well. But um, I just always thought, you know, it was such a glamorous thing. Like, when I got to high school or middle school, like, my mom would buy me... Um, my first perfume was Fantasy by Britney Spears. <laughs> it's a good
1: one. <laughs> Fantasy is a bestseller for... It honestly, it's a good gourmand. Like, her perfumes yeah. are great.
0: I wore that all through middle school and high school, you know. And um, I think... Probably went through I would say at least ten bottles yeah. of it just over the years. Yeah. Um, and uh it was it was really nice to have that to have that. And I it always made me I just remember even even then it always made me feel really special. Mm-hmm.
1: So at what point did it go from like you're wearing fantasy, your family's not like that super into fragrance, to you being this huge fragrance collector and aficionado? Uh
0: so I think let's see, I think I was in grad school. Yeah, I was in grad school. Uh, I've always, like, really loved perfume. So, like, you know, I would buy perfume on my own whenever I had any type of extra coins um, during college. You know, I think my first fragrance uh, that I purchased with my own money when I was, I was, how old was I? Was I 17? I was working at Chili's. Okay. I was a hostess. And I saved, like, my my tip money and I bought, like, a bottle of Daisy by Marc mm-hmm. Jacobs. So I just remember feeling, like, super fan. I think I actually wore that to prom. hmm then, like, I remember my cousin got me a bottle of Viva La Juicy. Yeah, gotta. By Juicy Couture. Yeah, got For high school graduation. And I remember um, when I got to <laughs> when I got to college, like, my friends would come to my dorm. Like, on a Friday night, we'd all be getting ready. Be like five of us in one room getting ready to go out and be big girls, you know, because we're 18, we're grown. And, um, yeah, my friends would, like, definitely be like, oh, yeah, let me get a spray of that Juicy. And I'm like, yo, like... This juicy costs like a hundred dollars y'all use intense sprays yeah. of my juicy I, just I, I know. start hiding I had to start hiding the juicy because I'm like I gotta ration it this is this is very important juice you know it, it's juicy it's juicy you know but uh, it wasn't until grad school I actually started working I worked in the fragrance department mm-hmm. at a department store and I did that for like a year and then um, I had a brand that I, I guess I had really high sales for they asked me if I'd like to work with
1: them as a brand mm-hmm. rep. so I did that what brand was it?
0: It was actually
1: uh, Coty. Oh, nice. Okay.
0: So it was like, it was Cody. So they owned, um, you know, it was an umbrella of different right, brands. Right, right. But uh, it was really cool. I did that for like a year and I went to different stores and went to a lot of trainings as well with uh, new releases and, you know, learning about like the um, olfactive pyramids mm-hmm. for fragrances mm-hmm. and Um, kind of also how to, like, how to promote them. Like, how to determine, like, a gourmand and a a freshie or a woodsy scent or, you know, different things like that. So it kind of piqued Mm -hmm. my interest. But yeah, after that, I just, you know, I started um, purchasing fragrances on my own. And it's just, it just kind of blew up from there with uh, moving from, like, the designer brands to obviously uh, the niche and indie houses. Mm
1: -hmm. What are you considering your career now? Uh, I am a girl that wears many hats. Yes, you are. um,
0: my undergraduate degree was in psychology and then my master's degree was in clinical mental health counseling so i am a licensed therapist now mm-hmm. and it's still what i do full time like every morning i get up and i put on my therapy hat mm-hmm. you know i see my clients i do treatment plans i you know write my notes for work i do research and take um continuing education courses so i can always continue to keep my mind sharp with therapeutic techniques and then i you know then i have to put on my my second shift hat and uh do my work as a content creator. So that includes creating content for Instagram and TikTok and YouTube when I am able to create videos for YouTube,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, responding to DMs and comments, you know, uh, working on sponsored content. And of course, you know, also the creative aspect of creating a fragrance, the business aspect of that.
1: Hello, everybody. I hope you are loving this episode. I've got two quick, exciting announcements for you. The first one is that if you missed me in the Fragrance Foundation's Fragrance Day event yesterday don't worry. You can catch me tomorrow, Wednesday, March 23rd at 12 p.m. Eastern on Instagram. I will be going live with the Furmanish Fine account from the Perfume Room Pod handle, and I will be interviewing Seglin Dewey, who you guys might remember from the Furmanish episode. So check it out. Tune in. It's going to be a fun time. Second, Oh my God, I can't believe we are almost at the point of the March Perfume Room Smell Club meeting. I am so excited and I wanted to use this opportunity to announce if you can't make March or if you can and you just want a heads up, April signups are coming soon and the theme of April Smell Club is lactonic. Back to the episode. We need to talk about Exalté and I'm so Curious, how did this opportunity come about, and how long were you working on it before you launched it? So
0: this opportunity came through a friendship I have with Yasmin Jones. She's the owner of Bella Aura Skin, and her and I connected. I want to say like early two thousand twenty mm-hmm. or like late two thousand nineteen, but um, we connected and uh, on through through Instagram because uh, initially when I started social media a few years ago, I did a lot of skincare and beauty related content, and uh, one thing that she told me when she approached me about creating a perfume was that one, she's like, I love your content. I love your passion. And I love how people connect with you. She said, but also like, what I'm trying to do is more than just like a partnership, like a collaboration where, you know, like brands will like pay you to like, you know, review a a sunscreen or something, you know, like one off kind of partnership uh, situation. She was like, I really, she's like, I really believe in you. And I, I really, you know, I have a lot of faith in you as well. I want to create a fragrance house, but like, you know, I, I need someone like you to kind of help me to figure out what I want to do. And I was like, okay, so I was like, okay, so let's talk. So we started talking and she said, truthfully speaking, I would just really like you to create your own fragrance. You know, um, I mm-hmm. have the resources, I have the connections. And, uh, you know, one thing that was really important to me with uh, taking on this type of project was, uh, you know, who was going to be creating this fragrance? like who are we working with? you know and our entire team is in paris mm-hmm. um, my uh business partner used to work in high end luxury retail like high end fashion, so you know we have connections with uh, a chemist in Paris, a perfumer and a manufacturer that um was able to put together this project uh we've been working on this it was i would say like over a year. I would say what really helped was once again, kind of already having a vision for what I wanted. Uh, when we mm-hmm. talked to the team, they said a lot of times what takes the longest with creating a fragrance is deciding like what direction you even want to go. Like, you know, having a mood board and, you know, a whole creative team to figure out like, okay, what do we want this to smell like? Who are we marketing it to? But she was like, You already knew what you wanted.
1: Right. Did you dream of this exact scent before you had this connection with Bella Aura? Like I know you said you already knew what you wanted. Were you always like, I'm going to have a stunning, like, rose, vanilla, amber fragrance someday.
0: Yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. Um, I've, I guess I've always said I'm a girl, mom, girl, but I don't wear, like, those sweet dessert, like, fragrances every single day because I'm actually, like, I love florals, especially Turkish rose, tuberose, orange blossom. Mm-hmm. Like, I love those really delicious, very, I don't know, they just make me feel very confident about myself. Um, mm-hmm. I love a, I love a good floral fragrance, and to me, a floral, fra- a good floral fragrance is a fragrance you could wear every day and wear year round. So, with this project, I went in thinking, if this is the only perfume I ever make, I need to make this a signature scent worthy fragrance, you know. Mm-hmm. And I started to mm-hmm. ask myself, like, what is it that makes a fragrance signature scent worthy for me? Like, before, a flower bomb was a signature scent worthy fragrance for me, you know. And mm-hmm. so, I thought about, you know, the aspects of, you know, what made that unique. And started thinking like, well, if I could dream up my own fragrance, what would it be centered around? And how would it how would I want it to make me feel like I'd want it to make me feel like uplifted and I would want it to make me feel confident. Of course, sexy as well. Beautiful. Um, and something that's definitely like when people smell it, like they'll think this is the person that has like before they even, you over, even open your mouth this is a person that has good taste. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, you know, when we spoke with the, with the team in Paris, you know, I kind of, um, you know, discussed like, okay, this is what I want. This is the olfactive pyramid that I'm thinking about. And then of course, you know, our expert was like, okay, well, how about we do this and we add this and maybe we could, you know, do a little bit of this, we can turn this up. And we just went back and forth for several months regarding like samples and, you know, trying different combinations until, you know, we, 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 we figured out exultane.
1: And were there any notes in there that maybe the perfumer recommended that surprised you? Like you were like, oh, I wasn't thinking that. And it was like a great one. Yes, actually.
0: Uh, lemon and pink pepper.
1: Lemon and pink pepper. I love the lemon and pink pepper in this fragrance. I'm wearing it right now for everybody listening.
0: Okay. So the lemon and pink pepper in the top notes gives it this really fresh kind of like zesty vibe. It's almost yeah. like it, it kind of wakes up your nose, you know?
1: And I
0: didn't think about that combination at all, like, especially with the pink pepper. But it also adds a little bit of an edge to the formula as well. So it's not like this kind of syrupy, you know, um, vanilla floral scent, you know. And Mm -hmm. uh, when he suggested that, I was like, you know what? This is really, really good. Like, I really like this. And uh, we kept it that way.
1: This is just so stunning. I really see what you're saying about Signature Scent Worthy because I could see myself wearing this to like a black tie wedding and I could see myself wearing it to the office. Not that I go into an office anymore, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really beautiful.
0: And that's kind of um, the essence I wanted to, you know, embody uh, with this fragrance, you know, something you could wear all year everywhere and it would mm-hmm. definitely be appropriate and
1: fabulous. Was this always a goal of yours to to create a perfume or it was just kind of like the opportunity presented itself?
0: It's always been something that's been in my heart, but truthfully speaking there just with the opportunities that especially like black business owners get in this industry, Mm -hmm. I honestly just Mm -hmm. wasn't really sure how it would would happen for me. Um, Truthfully Mm -hmm. speaking, like although I think I'm doing pretty well on social media, like I don't have millions of followers. I don't have a huge audience. I'm not on a first name basis with anyone at Sephora or, you know, some of these, um, you know, bigger, bigger uh, companies that might be able to, maybe give me the backing that I would need to create this type of endeavor. You know, like mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. always thought like if I'd created a fragrance, I'd be, I'd, you know, be mixing stuff in my kitchen. And that just wasn't <laughs> something I wanted for myself, you know? Right. Right. everyone does have to start somewhere, but that wasn't what mm-hmm. I wanted. And um, truthfully speaking, like this happening was like a dream come true because it did allow me to work with, um, like I said, a great team that helped to execute my vision but mm-hmm. also allow me to create like a truly luxurious experience for people, especially uh perfume lovers. Right. To answer your question, it it's something that has been in my heart, but truthfully speaking, it's, I guess what I, what I had in my heart was not necessarily a vision that I thought could happen, you know?
1: Right. It seems like a pipe dream. It's like, how are you going to get from A to Z? But then the opportunity presents itself and you, you have to go for it.
0: Exactly. So I just, I feel incredibly blessed and, um, just really excited, especially regarding the, uh, the feedback we've been getting about this perfume from, from people that have purchased it as well and tried it.
1: And you mentioned Sephora and I'm curious, are there any plans for, uh, like stockists like that in the future? And what would be like a dream retail partner for you?
0: Um, right now we actually have the scent room in Dallas that Uh, carries my fragrance and Mm -hmm. it's just been such an honor because uh, I started shopping with the scent room like last summer and at the time like you know of course you know I have this fragrance that we're working on on the back end but I just kind of really didn't think that um, you know because they're a luxury niche boutique so they only carry like the high-end luxury perfumes from like Mm -hmm. all over the world very from Mm -hmm. mostly exclusive brands. And so uh, I just remember when I was telling the owner that, you know, hey, I'm actually releasing my own fragrance. And she was like, well, can I try it? So I let her, you know, I let her try it. And she was like, yeah, can we carry it? And I was just like, "Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be an honor. Um, And so they're actually our first retailer carrying our scent Um, in the future. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes I (laughs) sometimes my dreams are so big that I'm afraid to say them because. It sounds so ridiculous. But But look I mean, what you're
1: doing. It's not ri- you're literally like making it happen.
0: In real life, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I I just I don't even believe it's real, honestly. Um I was just talking to my friend about how Ezolte's only existed for five weeks. You know, we launched on February first. And uh, it just feels like it's been That's a year. mind
1: blowing to me. That it's is only mind been a month. blowing to me. <laughs> it's oh been my five God. weeks.
0: Yeah, it's very much a newborn baby. <laughs>
1: what's been some of the best feedback that you've received or like moments where people tried it and you were just like, oh my God.
0: So this is what I will say. I think that the biggest thing that has helped with the word of mouth with this fragrance is people seeing real real people purchasing it. You know, like it's mm-hmm. one thing for me to say, I love this fragrance. Of course I created it, I'm going to say that. But like for other people to use their own hard-earned money to purchase it mm-hmm. and then love it and buy backups of it, you know, and some people are purchasing two or three bottles it says a lot regarding um, how it's like, I don't I don't want to lose the opportunity just to not have this. I think right. that was like one of the things that made me very proud, people that were purchasing multiple bottles. Um, I think too, regarding like what it means for me to create this kind of fragrance as well, is that what I've realized is that just within like the luxury space, we have a lot of Black-owned brands, but we don't necessarily have a lot of Black-owned brands that are are represented in luxury in luxury retail spots. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, uh, last month in... I'm going to say it was either January or February, but it might have been January. Uh, Sephora announced that they just started carrying their first Black-owned perfume brand. And it was Chris Collins, who actually got it, had the opportunity to meet last fall. He is even more handsome in person. Let me just say that. He's even more handsome in person.
1: I saw Incredible. your videos. And I was like... <laughs> I ship it. Is there a potential for anything? There? I mean, I don't know. Like, I
0: can't really ever say nothing will ever happen. But um, for now, we're just very good friends. He's a nice guy and he's been mm-hmm. so helpful uh, towards me with this journey as well. Um, just always uh, offering, um, you know, support and um, just letting me know that, you know, he's proud of me. And I thought that was really nice. But I met yeah. him last fall at the at the scent room. He was mm-hmm. launching his line at the store. And he was just okay. really friendly, very charismatic. And um, it just kind of, it showed me, especially when they... Because he, he told us, like, Sephora will be carrying my fragrance next. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was back in, like, October. So Sephora started carrying him in January. And I just thought to myself, wow, hundreds of perfumes, hundreds of brands carried, and just one black owned. Like, that's incredible because... When I look at my Mm -hmm. audience, it's it's people of color that are purchasing perfume. Right. You know, it's not just someone one kind of one person that looks a certain way that's spending a lot of money on fragrance. Like I think Mm -hmm. uh, I think retailers especially are missing out on an opportunity to basically um, bring in different kinds of talent. Because, I mean, I own quite a few perfumes from black owned brands. And what I can tell you is that they're so beautiful. And once again, they are right in line with their other peers in the same industry. And the question is, you know, why is it so hard for us to also break into some of these spaces? Like, you know, why is it difficult for a brand to be carried at Neiman Marcus or a Nordstrom or a Macy's? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I can walk into a Nordstrom or a Macy's or even a Dillard's and see um, a perfume that's owned by a black owned brand or even have a black creator at all, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And that representation was something that really meant a lot to me. Um, because I realized I mean, we all deserve to have someone that looks like us. Right. That um that we can support and shop from, but it's also creating products, you know, in the same space where we also spend our money too.
1: Right. Well, I think that's amazing. And I, I also saw that You've posted, you know, some videos about that you've gotten flack for the price point and you kind of called out the hypocrisy of like, how is it that if I recommend something that's more expensive than this or the same price of a brand you've heard of, but you've never smelled, you'll just be like, oh yes, I'm going to buy it. But when it comes to me, you, you have to like question it.
0: Yeah. So first of all, I just wanted to identify a lot of things that um, I found to be very difficult with launching a fragrance. The first thing is that my fragrance is only a month old. Basically like it's been a month. You know, you when you compare me to other brands that are established, they've been around a lot longer. Um, I mean they've had time to iron out their own kinks, you know, and mm-hmm. to work on, you know, to work on the things that, you know, they needed to do to improve their brand. Um, mm-hmm. the Francis Kurkdjian or Parfums de Marly or I don't know, Mint Sarah, whatever that we see today is not the, the brands that started Um, additionally though, I think the biggest thing is that people kind of question like why you should be charging that much, like who are you to charge that much? And what I've realized is that like, uh, they don't understand necessarily like what goes into creating this type of product, you know, because I'm not making it myself in my kitchen. I have to pay a chemist and I have to pay a perfumer. You know, we have to pay a manufacturer. We have to pay for the raw materials. And then all of those things have to be sent to us, you know? And uh, when you work with the best, I mean, it comes with that type of price point. You know, you can't buy uh, a Ferrari with a, a Ford budget, you know. Right. So I think for myself, like, I kind of had to kind of get over the idea that, like, I have to respond to everybody because at the end of the day, the people that purchased the fragrance, they all love it. No no one has said, like, this wasn't worth it, you know. Right. And uh, even, even then, like, you know, learning to be confident regarding the quality speaking for itself with the product um, and with anything, you know, of course, we're always looking to find ways to improve. Like we didn't have samples when we first launched because uh, we just weren't able to get them in time. But we launched samples today on our website. You I know, saw that. In a month. Yeah. You know, we, we took that suggestion and we made it happen. You know, Right. Whereas it can take a long time with other people. I don't mm-hmm. actually think that Fenty started offering samples with their fragrance when she launched it. I think she offered you a sample if you purchased makeup on the website right. first.
1: I remember. It was like, if you spend $40, you get a sample.
0: Yeah, but you, it wasn't like you could just purchase a sample.
1: And right. to this you day, couldn't.
0: her perfume is still only available online, so you can't go to a store and smell it. Right. I don't believe she I don't believe she takes returns either. So I see. I mean, I, I don't know. I would have to check the website to be exact, but I still yeah. have to say, with Fenty, a brand who is backed by LVMH, mm-hmm. you know if they weren't able to do that, then I would say maybe provide a little bit of grace for a brand new brand who's trying to, yeah. um yeah, you know, establish their identity in this in this kind of market to be able to ev- eventually get to that because that's what we are trying to do. We you know we right. did listen to the suggestions and we ma- we did make it happen within a month. So. I think
1: that's in- I think that's incredibly impressive and a testament to how talented your team is. And I also have seen. All the reviews, you know, coming in on, I saw you guys are on Fragrantica and on TikTok and on Instagram. And the other thing too is you are a fragrance lover first and foremost. Like you are not going to put out a product that you don't personally stand by. I really, really love it and I'm just so impressed and I'm curious so I know that this is a limited edition. What what does that mean exactly? Like when is there a timeline when this is not going to be on sale anymore?
0: You know, this with our first launch, we were kind of like unsure regarding what the feedback would be like. You know, like how widely accepted this would be. So you know, we were relatively conservative regarding um, you know how much inventory we carried. So we said we're going to make this limited edition because if it flops, if it flops, then we tried. You know, like we mm-hmm. tried. And, um, you know, and the people that buy it, if they love it, then they'll they'll have something really special, you know. Right. And so for right now, like, you know, the inventory we have is all we have. Uh, As you can imagine, like when you order fragrance from when you order like a certain like a certain amount of bottles, let's say like Fenty might order 50,000 bottles, you know, in one order. So they're going to make enough juice to fulfill 50,000 bottles. Like they won't keep some just sitting in the back room just in case they decide to order more like. They'll have to order more, and they'll have to make more. Uh, that is what happened right. with this fragrance. We ordered so many bottles, and we said good luck. <laughs> good luck to each <laughs> other. Like let's hope for the best. And thankfully, we've we've had just amazing feedback. Once you know people have been purchasing it, I was so excited the other day. Um, I, Jackie Aina had purchased it, which was like so big to me because I've been oh following my God. her. Yeah, I've been following her for like ten years. Like she's probably. She's like the it girl, you know, and I've just yeah. been so uh, inspired and impressed by her her journey in this in this beauty community and uh, yeah. just, you know, what she's been able to do and create mm-hmm. for herself. And so the other day she'd uh, actually posted on her story, like, I can't wait to get my bottle.
1: And I was like, what? Jackie, oh, I just want to wear my
0: perfume. It was just, it was a really cool moment. So I was like, that's really
1: nice. That's amazing. I want to go back to your TikTok creation because I saw you posted something that I was just like, you are amazing. I saw you said you have figured out how to make six figures with content creation. And I know you're talking about pulling the second shift and how you're finally like your salaries are like equaling each other in both industries. What's made you successful in that?
0: Um, I would say the biggest thing is being consistent with the type of content I'm putting out. And uh, also partnering with brands I I I really really like. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think something that people don't know for every I can't speak for every influencer but at least for myself is that I don't partner with every brand that approaches me. Um there's been times when brands right. have approached me and I'm like I I don't I don't want to. Like I don't like this product. Right. And I don't want to endorse it essentially, you know, even though mm-hmm. it might pay me five figures. Like I'm like no thank you. I'm okay because uh, my reputation um is really important to me too right um i've had like for example a skincare brand they wanted me to promote like an acne product that had just launched and i was like well i don't have acne you know like it how would i talk about this product working for me when i my acne does not exist you know so yeah um it's things like that uh reputation is something that's really important to me and i would say a lot of that is as a therapist i've become very cautious of presenting myself as a real person, but also as a professional Mm -hmm. and understanding that truthfully speaking, one thing my dad always said, my my dad always told me this growing up is that what's going to be for you is always going to be for you. Like you don't have to chase anything. You don't have to just take a deal because you're desperate for money or because you want to be paid. I can be discriminating, you know, regarding like which deals I choose to take. Even with not taking every single deal that came my way, I was still able to build meaningful partnerships that created income for me. So what I would recommend to um, up-and-coming influencers and content creators is understanding, one, sometimes you create content for brands to use. You don't even have to post it. Like Don't message you and say, hey, we want you to make a video because we plan to use this on our social media. We plan to use this in an ad. We plan to use this on the Ulta website. We plan to use this in our email uh, you know, uh, blast to people. Like, you know, we want to use this. You don't have to post it. Then there's, you know, brands that we want to use your audience. So we want you to create a, a content that your audience will see it and hopefully it will generate sales.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's, you know, there's so many different things that go into um, how brands choose to use y- your content. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I mean, one thing I always, I I will never, I will never knock someone that chooses to make the bag. Like, if you want to take every ad that comes your way because you want to make some money, listen, just make sure you pay your taxes. I mean, I don't care. Like, honestly, make your money. Like, you know, life is short. Make your money. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I I instead prefer to have uh, partnerships and and collaborations that are in alignment with my branding Mm -hmm. as a person and uh, with things that, you know, I would feel confident recommending to people.
1: You know, as as someone who's done some partnerships, I get DMs from people like asking, like, how do I give my rate? Like, how do I determine my rate? And how is how have you navigated that question?
0: It's really hard because honestly speaking, like every brand is going to have a different budget. Like I've right. done a skincare brand. OK, so let's say like a face wash.
1: Mm-hmm. I've done
0: a face wash campaign with a brand that paid me X, Y, Z. OK, let, let me let's just say one thousand dollars. Right.
1: OK. They'll mm-hmm. say,
0: OK, we'll pay you one thousand dollars. But then another brand, you know, they might say, I'll pay you $5,000. I didn't even have to negotiate. And right. it's it's face wash. Like, it's not like I'm doing something different. It's just sometimes, right. like, different brands have different budgets. So right. it's about knowing, you know, what you're willing to take and then being really happy when some brands have a bigger budget to pay you more than what you were even thinking of offering in the first place. I'm just uh, So it just depends. Mm-hmm. I would say, like... My biggest thing is if you're not sure about your rate to ask, reach out to someone who is a content creator to ask like, hey, based on my numbers, like, what would you recommend I tell this brand? Because once again, how brands also plan to use your content will affect how you charge them. If they plan to use it as an ad, you should charge them more. Using your likeness, for example, it might you know be something you charge a little bit more for. Um, but my biggest thing is don't don't be afraid to reach out. That's why I always say it's important to have a community. Don't be afraid to reach out to someone and ask, like, hey, this brand is offering me this. I had a friend uh, reach out to me like a month ago. She was like, this brand is offering me this amount for this money. Like, they want me to do three posts, two IG stories for this amount of money. I'm like, nah, that's a little bit. They are asking you to do too much for the amount of money they're offering. You tell them you'll do one post and one Instagram story. Right. Instead of, you know, and she came back and she was like, okay, they accepted it. And I was like, see?
1: Yeah. Because
0: you don't have to necessarily turn turn down the money, but you might have to say, hey, that's, you're offering me a little bit too little for the amount of work you want me to do.
1: Right. And I think also, too, you have to realize if a brand's reaching out to you in the first place, they've decided that what you have to offer is worth something, then they should be paying you for that. If they think that you are someone who should be aligned with their product, then there's worth Mm -hmm. to that, you know? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing I always tell people, too, is, like, as content creators, we don't get paid for every single piece of content that we create. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so in one week, I might create anywhere from 10 to 15 pieces of content. Mm-hmm. But out of all of those pieces of content, only one might be sponsored.
1: And do you always disclose, like, ad partner or... Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I always put
0: it in my caption mm-hmm. and in the video as well mm-hmm. like that. It's First of all, I'm I'm legally obligated to do that. So I will just right, say right. this. If you're not doing that... It's honestly... Illegal. It's it's illegal. I'm just being honest. It's illegal. Like, hot yeah, TC does It's illegal. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I've seen that happen a few times where, like, I'll watch a video and I'm thinking to myself, this is giving... Spon- I mean, I know what sponsored content sounds like because right. they, you know, brands will tell you the, the talking points they want you to hit.
1: Right.
0: So I'll, like, watch a video. I'm like, this is giving sponsored.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: yet, nowhere in the caption, nor mm-hmm. in, like, even on the video itself. Like, sometimes I'll put a uh, partner right. in the corner of the video. Right. Is it indicating? So I'm just like, this is giving illegal. I'm just like, I'll be <laughs> honest, this is giving illegal. But, you know, I mean, it's none of my business because all I can do is make sure I conduct things um, the way this supposed to be done on my end.
1: So I know you're living in Dallas. What is the dating scene like? And um, what are the fragrances you're smelling the most?
0: Um. Okay, so Dallas has been really cool because I moved from Oklahoma mm-hmm. where the dating scene was very poor. Okay. So Dallas is like this cornucopia of just options, <laughs> you know, like everywhere it's men. And I live like in the heart of the city too. So mm-hmm. it's like you, I was told, I was doing an Instagram live once and I was like, if you have a hard time meeting men, like a lot of times women think, okay, I have to meet guys like at a club or at a bar. Don't meet them at the bar. Meet them at Whole Foods. Like you need to grocery shop. Okay. But, at but what are you nice saying? Places. Do
1: they go up to you? Do you go up to them? Like how, what Absolutely. is the interaction?
0: A hundred percent. Oh my God, I've been asked out at the grocery store probably at least three or four times.
1: Can you break it down for us?
0: In fact, there was one grocery store. I stopped going to one grocery store because the guy that asked me out, I after I talked to him a couple of times, I was like, no, I don't really like him. Yeah. But I think he figured out like my grocery shopping schedule.
1: Yeah. So like,
0: I kept running into him at the grocery store. That's giving like, stalker. Yeah, you know what? I need to stop coming here. Like, I need yeah. to like... So now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come here on a different day. Like I need mm-hmm. to, like I had to change my, and I'm a very much a creature of habit. So mm-hmm. yeah, after the first like three, I think I ran into him three different times. I was like, yo, this is not okay. <laughs> I just, like, I need to just come at a different time. So I was like, I'm, I'm switching up my schedule. Yeah, but um, it's been really cool because I will tell you this. What has been very interesting to me is. Three out of the four times I was approached at the grocery store, it was because they commented on my perfume. That's what I was hoping for. Okay. One guy actually told me, he was like, You walk past me, and I like turned around. He was like, You walk past me, and I was like, What was that? Like something smells really good. So I turned around and I saw you walking past, but you had like your headphones in. So like I followed you to like the egg section. And he was like, Hey. And they just start, start up like struck up a conversation.
1: Okay, and what were you wearing when you got when you got stopped? I was wearing
0: L'Anter de Rouge.
1: L'Anter de Rouge. Okay. That's the L'inter one. L'Anter de Rouge. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. And another
0: fragrance that I always get approached by when I wear like every single time I get a comment, every single time. Leisure in Paradise by Simone Andrioli. Two of the times I was wearing Leisure in Paradise. And okay. I purposely wear it when I go to the grocery store to be honest.
1: Okay, (laughs) everyone take notes. Leisure in paradise. Now I have to ask, if you're going on a first date, do you have, like, I know you have so many amazing sensual fragrances Mm -hmm. to choose from. Do you have like Mm -hmm. a go-to or you switch it up?
0: Oh, I have tiers for dates because I have a first date fragrance, a second date fragrance, and then a third date fragrance. Third day fragrance, you don't want to wear on the first date.
1: Okay, can we get the breakdown? (laughs) Okay,
0: so there's tears to the fragrances. On the first date, you want to smell like sexy, but you don't want to smell like too sexy, you know? Right, right. You don't want to give, I'm going back with you. You want to give, thanks for dinner. I'll see you next time. Yes. But you know, you want to keep them wanting more, so I usually go with something like Delina exclusive. Okay, I always joke that I'll probably wear Delina exclusive on my wedding day because yeah. it was most likely my first date fragrance, right?
1: It's Delina like a little exclusive. TBT, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: um, lately Leisure in Paradise has been um, in rotation just because it's like people really really like it. Um, another mm-hmm. really good first date fragrance is um like sweeter fragrances, so. Uh, Hypnotic Poison by Dior actually does really, really nicely mm-hmm. um, on like a first or second date, um, and then like just sweeter scents in general. Like I, I just tend to go with like this. I wouldn't wear like Udi's Bahan right on a first date, right? But like you know, um, the, some of my sweeter scents. Then for the second date, I'm like, okay, like I like you, so you know, I might wear something a little stronger, a little bit more bold, mm-hmm. just to like like you know, like I feel more comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I love Oud Satin Mood by Francis Grixion. I love it's it. so sexy. Made, I agree. I love, um, I, I, d- I tend to pull out the ouds on the second date. Mm-hmm. So I might wear something like Cairo by Ben Because mm-hmm. it's still kind of like on the sweeter side. Right. I also love my floral fragrances. So another fragrance I really, really love is, um, it's called Mysterious Rose by Amor Oud. Beautiful. Very sexy, chocolatey Ooh. rose set. If you get to a third date. Yes. You might want to pull out Muscara Ravageur. By oh, oh,
1: okay. You're going <laughs> there. I might say,
0: you know what? <laughs> it might say, you don't have to leave. Yeah. But you got to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> 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 no, love- Mascara Vajore is so sexy. Too. It's very, very much like... Something about it is really naughty. It smells like
1: sex. You know, like, it It smells yeah, just it, it like sex. Yeah, it literally dirty. does. Yeah,
0: yeah. It smells like a romp in the sheets, you know? Yeah. I really love Lost Cherry as well. And I will tell you this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have never not worn lost cherry and not being complimented by a guy wow i remember one time i wore lost cherry on a date and the guy was like yo whatever you wore last time wear that again like lost cherry is really really big um L'Enter de rouge i've had a lot of men actually like my neighbor actually i was in the elevator with him and he was like hey you smell really good he's like what are you wearing i need to get that for my girlfriend i was like okay um so those do really well just uh, sweeter fragrances Um. I was really surprised at Poison Girl. Poison, poison Girl. Girl. That's yours. Okay. Oh, good not to know. Hypnotic poison, but Poison Girl specifically is like, it's a big hit.
1: Yeah. Have you ever smelled a scent on a guy that you were like, I hate this? Like, we're not doing this again? Sauvage. Sauvage. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> just
0: kidding. No, Sauvage to me is always like a, you know, Savage is a best selling, is a best selling male clone. Yeah. Just like Black Opium or Good Girl. And it's a best selling male cologne for a reason. Exactly. But for me, it's like, it's so lazy. I Like I think agree. it's like you went, you walked in and you just said, "I need cologne," and
1: mm-hmm. they said,
0: Sauvage, And you're like, "Here's my card." Like, it's I so fully lazy.
1: agree. It's like if you went into a Sephora or a Macy's or an Ulta and you walked out with that, you weren't like smelling around. Someone said, "Try this," yeah. you said, mm, "Gave a, like you said, that's it." It's effortless in a way yeah, that's I mean, like least, do a little more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I almost, I almost, I would almost recommend you didn't wear cologne at all. <sighs>
1: Wow. Okay. Almost. So, if you guys almost. are trying to actually, date Fumi, do not be showing up in Savage. Like
0: just at least Savage Elixir.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least go with the flanker. At least go with the flanker. At least go
0: with the flanker. Yeah, okay. you know the flankers. I I actually almost always prefer a flanker to the original. I will say that. Like the uh, L'anche de Rouge, mm-hmm. I love it. I don't like the original at all. Like, the original, like, I just, I don't, I don't hate it, but, like, I'm just like, uh, eh, it's not giving. the mm-hmm. D. Rouge, I'm like, yeah, it's giving. It's giving, like, mm-hmm. same thing with Libra. Mm-hmm. Libra, like, when I smelled it, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing, but this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. The Libra Intense, I was like, yeah.
1: You Picasso, know what? I like it. I feel that way. <laughs> La Vieille Belle, not for me. La Vieille Belle Intense mm-hmm. Mall, love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? Even so the new Ruby blankers. Orchid by Flower Bomb as well. You do something with it. Yeah. You know, flankers are good. Don't shit on flankers.
0: Except for the black opium flankers. Well,
1: there's just too many. I just, you can't keep up with the, And they're all the same. Am I Mm -hmm. wrong? Like, I just got the green one. And what's different about it? Okay. So I
0: smelled it and I thought, wow, like, they found a way to make this worse. (laughs) I was like, really? Like, y'all found a way to make it worse. Yeah. But um, just object, like, I I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I think that the the opm DNA just doesn't work for me. So no matter what they do with the flanker, it's just not gonna. I just I don't like it. I will say this: Good Girl has a new flanker okay. coming out that I'm very intrigued by.
1: I might actually make my first. Oh, interesting. interesting.
0: And what? I will eat my own hat. I will eat my hat whenever I review it. I sure will.
1: Okay, and what about it is intriguing you?
0: The cherry note. There's like a cherry and almond note that looks oh, really really good in the oh. top.
1: Okay. Interesting. And I do
0: love cherry. I love a cherry. I love a really good cherry fragrance.
1: I think for the same reason that a lot of people love um, the Good Girl bottle. Like the reason people love it is why I don't. That bottle, I can't get past it. Like I can't, I can't display that heel on my shelf. It's just, to me, it's like, yeah, no.
0: Honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I feel the same way. I'm like, I cannot. Yeah. It's just, it's, I just don't like it. Yeah, but you know what I like. I said for the sake of being an, a, you know, a perfume reviewer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will eat my own hat and I will purchase it, and I will review okay. it. Okay, and I will just have to like put the bottle at the back of the shelf. Okay, I'm like I will close my eyes, wow. but I will put it on.
1: Okay, this is a <laughs> this is a very humble moment, and we we appreciate a potential change of heart. Before we get to the final segment, I want to ask: You are TikTok's fragrance auntie. Have you been recognized in public and If so, what has that been like?
0: So I had a guy ask me on a date once (laughs) because he actually followed me. I don't know if he followed me. He claims his friend has sent him my page. But um, I was at dinner with some friends and he came up to me and was like, hey, are you Fumi? And I was like, first of all, I had to look if I decided to answer the question. I was like,
1: who's asking? I was
0: like, decent height, beard connects. Yeah, I'm Fumi. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, like, I actually bought a perfume for my mom uh, based off, like, one of your recommendations. And, uh, you know, that's when he was like, it was when I first moved to Dallas. So he was like, oh, are you new here? Because I thought you lived in Oklahoma. And I was like, yeah, I just moved here. And so um, he asked me out. And he was really nice. Mm-hmm.
1: It didn't so, pan out into anything?
0: Well, you know, how it is. Yeah, he's, He might be I'm, around. He might, you know, I, just, I guess for me, I'm just, I, I'm looking for Mr. Wright. Right. Mm-hmm. and uh, along the way I meet a lot of nice guys but they're not necessarily like the best guy for me and th- this was that case where he was a really great guy but he wasn't the best guy for me mm-hmm.
1: what does Mr. Wright smell like? if it was up to me Mr. Wright would own Udi
0: he would wear resin okay. but um, I think you know what I would say I would say he would have refined taste okay you know the finer things the
1: finer things in life
0: You know, like not necessarily have 50 perfumes, but maybe have one
1: or two very nice ones. Okay. And that's enough. Yeah. We have a final segment of the show. Mm, What's that smell? It is rapid fire scent association. I'll say a person, place thing, and you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. It could be a fragrance, a note, anything. Okay. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? Yeah. Okay. What is the smell of Oklahoma?
0: Uh, Oklahoma smells like. I was gonna say maybe Dune. I love it. Dune by Dior is probably what I would think of because it's it's a little bit you know kind of old fashioned, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Oklahoma is it's just a, a very it's a comfortable place, mm-hmm. you know. It smells comfortable, yeah. Not necessarily avant garde, yeah, or groundbreaking,
1: but it's good. I love it.
0: Okay,
1: okay. What is the smell of your childhood home? Ooh, my childhood home,
0: um, that's interesting. My childhood home almost always smelled like food. We ate a lot of like stews and mm-hmm. meats. So something that would smell kind of stewy and meaty. Mm. I don't really know a fragrance that smells meaty. It doesn't
1: have to so be an I actual will tell perfume, you this. but
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I will tell you my, I would say that if I think of, I, some things that smells really comforting to me mm-hmm. is uh, Kiali's Vanilla 28. Mm. Just because I have a very positive association with my childhood and being really close to like my, my parents, my sister, my friends
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, you know, having sleepovers in my living room and staying up all night watching Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. So I would say Kaoli Vanilla 28 because it's it's a very comforting and
1: pleasant smell. It's a very, I love that scent. It's so comforting. Yeah. What is the smell of your current apartment?
0: You know what? I would say, cause I use, okay, so I use the, uh, hotel collection, mm-hmm. candles and diffuser mm-hmm. And uh, my my home legitimately smells like a very expensive boutique. Um, and I love that because it just smells like very upscale, but still comfortable. Like when people walk in, I always get that. Like every time people come over, wow, your place smells really good. Like even my cleaning lady, when she comes over, she's always like, oh, it smells nice in here. And um, I love it. Uh, I would say the most similar fragrance I have in my collection is Soho by La Boutique. I don't know. It's it. a really warm, okay. kind of clean and fresh Um Clean, fresh, fruity fragrance. It's beautiful. And they have candles. I was actually introduced to the brand through their candles.
1: Oh, okay. I have to check it out. Okay. Yeah. What is the smell of Dallas?
0: Dallas is rich. (laughs) So I would say when I think of Dallas, I would say I think of not Baccarat Rouge necessarily, but something like Libra Intense maybe, you know? Mm -hmm. Dallas has a lot of, Tech money, oil money, like people are very wealthy, right? in In the city, that's that's what I've realized. Yeah, and so I would think of something maybe like Eden Rock by Dior, Ooh, okay, or or Libra. You know, Libra intense, Libra yeah. Libra intense. You know, it's a really it's a very, um, to me, it's a very upscale kind of scent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, with the lavender and the vanilla and the, some of the orange uh, orange blossom, I believe, Mandarin orange, orange blossom. So. Yeah,
1: I would say like Eden Rock or
0: even Libre, by YSL. So?
1: Okay. What is the smell of something we will never catch you in? Cloud by Aria. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was coming. Cloud or by Black Aria Opium, right? It was going to be one of
0: them. Black Opium or Cloud because they both smell terrible. They, they smell terrible on me. Yeah. So you won't catch me on them because they, they smell awful on me. Not because they smell awful. Yeah. But why would I wear something that smells terrible on me? Never. Never. Yeah, if, never. If you ever see me in a video saying, today I'm wearing Cloud by Ariana Grande, call the FBI, it means I'm kidnapped. <laughs> Immediately call the FBI, notify the cops. Okay. 911, Fumi has been kidnapped. <laughs> she sent out a distress signal.
1: That's literally your distress signal. Oh my God, I love <laughs> Today's it. Today's
0: fragrance of the day. <laughs>
1: fragrance of the day, help. Um, Is there a note that you will never wear?
0: Okay, so there are some notes that to me, I just... I have a hard time getting into them. Mm-hmm. I won't say I will never wear them, but vetiver is a fragrance that's hard for me to get into. Now, there are lots of fragrances I wear that, um, they feature vetiver in some way, but they're not vetiver heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, certain mm-hmm. fougere fragrances as well. Lavender is very challenging for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a tough time with lavender. I agree with lavender. And I have a tough time with some um, some of the more, what I would call aromatic woodsy notes as well, like maybe cypriol or cypress. Mm-hmm. Um, fur, things like that.
1: Interesting. So,
0: he- heavily woodsy notes, fugirs, mm-hmm. as well as vetiver.
1: Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. what is the smell of your first kiss? Ooh. ooh. <laughs> okay, I'm very sure
0: he wore Sauvage. So. Ooh. Okay. I was in high school.
1: Okay. <laughs> in the in past. It's in the past. And the final question: yeah. What is the smell of Fumi Monet?
0: Exulting.
1: Exaltate!
0: I love Exaltime. it. You know, if you hug me, you'll smell Turkish rose. You'll smell a little bit of vanilla and amber, something really creamy and warm. I think most of the time, those are the scents that I gravitate towards. So, I really just, I love them. You know, that's why they do, um, you know, my a, a large part of my collection is composed of those kinds of fragrances mm-hmm. because I feel happy when I wear them.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel like when you when you smell a piece of clothing left behind by me, you immediately know it was me yeah it's your signature exactly
1: okay well Fumi it has been an absolute pleasure to interview you um for people listening where can they follow you and how can they get their hands on a bottle of XLT okay
0: so I am Fumi Monet across all platforms because I want to make it easy for you to find me so if you're looking for me I'm Fumi Monet uh Instagram TikTok YouTube even Twitter Um, But I'm mostly active on Instagram and TikTok. I am reviving my YouTube channel, though, very soon. And if you're interested in purchasing Exalte, you can purchase it from the Bella Aura website. It's linked in my bio on all my platforms. And if you're in Dallas, you can purchase it from the scent room as well.
1: Amazing. Well, Fumi, thank you so much. It has been the best.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. And uh, you've had some amazing guests on here. So when you messaged me, I was like... I'm really glad to be in this type of company. It's been really awesome, and I've um, I've, I've enjoyed getting to chat with you as well. So thank Likewise. you so much. I've been a huge fan of your channel too.
1: On TikTok, ah, friends. Perfumer was edited by Wyatt Peek. Music is by Max Vernon, and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.